0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, October 17, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. According to the Wall Street Journal, the top 1% of American workers earn 21% of the national income. The bottom 50%, by contrast, divvy up just 12% of the national pie. But how relevant is income inequality at the national level in an increasingly globalized world? Cato Institute policy analyst Will Wilkinson says that arguments over the fairness of income inequality actually obscure more important
1: discussions. You see income inequality numbers bandied about in the news a lot lately. It's not clear that these are numbers that are relevant to much of anything. Uh, the, uh, the increase of income inequality can simply be a purely mathematical fact about the growth of an economy. If some people have a larger stake in the economy, they hold more stocks, more bonds, they own uh, you know, big chunks of mutual funds and things like that, and the economy is doing well, those people who have a big stake in a growing economy are going to grow richer faster than, uh, than other people. Uh, that doesn't necessarily tell us anything about the justice or the fairness of an economy. Uh, what a lot of people seem to think is that if a, uh, the distribution of income grows more unequal, that that's a, uh, at a first blush some evidence that the society is growing less just. Um, but that's not necessarily the case if you consider the fact that a, an economy is a positive-sum game that uh, the pie can keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Everybody can keep getting a a bigger absolute share with some some people's share growing somewhat faster than others. That can lead to growing inequality, but that doesn't mean that anybody is doing better at the expense of anyone else. Uh, So in the absence of evidence that there is problems in the structure of an economy such that some people are getting an unfair shake, some people are unfairly excluded from full participation in the economy, or that people at the top are somehow taking money from people at the middle and the bottom, then the increase in inequality can just be a fact, just reflect the fact that the bottom of the income distribution is more or less fixed uh, while the top is allowed, while the top floats free, allowing people to get ever and ever richer. Uh, And That's not a problem if you recognize that an economy isn't a zero-sum game.
0: Some people argue that a dollar given to someone who is very poor purchases a much larger increase in their quality of life than a dollar at the upper uh, bound of income.
1: Uh, That's right. There's a uh, a, a traditional uh, utilitarian argument for the redistribution of income is based on what economists call the uh, uh, diminishing marginal utility of uh, money. Uh, so, uh, the, uh, so d- just as you said, uh, a dollar may produce more happiness for a rich person. The next dollar may, you know, produce a, more happiness for a uh, a poor person than for a rich person who doesn't need that one dollar, one extra dollar, very much. Uh, the uh, the The main problem with that argument is simply that people don't just consume what they have. Uh, so the the main difficulty with the utilitarian argument for income redistribution based on uh, the diminishing marginal utility of money is that when wealthier people have more money, it's not necessarily the case that they're consuming it. That money is going into the stock market uh, where it is uh, helping to uh, build businesses, it's investing in the growth of lots of industries, lots of concerns, it's funding research and technology that, uh, that creates goods that make everyone's lives better off. Uh, it is in fact the engine of economic growth, this investment, this, uh, this savings. Um, so the idea that the same dollar is going to produce the same good if it's consumed by a poor person than if it is invested by a richer person isn't at all obvious.
0: You say that these discussions about income inequality actually mask something that is harder to measure but is more important. What is that?
1: That's right. I think that uh, in sort of national level income inequality figures, uh, generally income inequality is measured by something called the Gini coefficient, which is just... Uh, 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 roughly speaking, just the ratio between the bottom of the income distribution and the top of the income distribution. Mm -hmm. I think those numbers that just mask the spread in the pattern of incomes uh, conceals or can paper over what the real concern ought to be uh, in an economy if you're concerned with justice or fairness. Uh, The real problem is, and the real concern that most Americans share, is the idea of inequality of opportunity, that some people just don't get a fair chance to participate fully and enjoy the benefits of a market economy. If there are structural barriers to the development of skills that are useful and remunerative in a market economy, then those the people who face those barriers uh, really don't have the same opportunities as the rest of us. And that does seem unfair, and it does seem like the sort of thing that we ought to care about if we, we care about people's welfare. Um, simply taking money from the top of the income distribution and redistributing it downward doesn't necessarily uh, address any of those structural problems. Uh, so some of those problems, um, may be things like the structure of public education in the United States. Uh, so the, uh, as a matter of fact, public schools in inner cities, uh, are a very, very low quality and students who go to those schools who are poor students tend to get very, very low quality educations, which makes it very difficult for them to enter the labor market and find well-paying jobs, um. Somebody who's really concerned with making sure that people at the bottom of the income distribution have a real chance should be concerned with making sure that the educational system is most likely to give people the knowledge and skills that allow them to participate fully in the market economy. We've seen the public school system in the United States fail again and again Just putting more money into the schools doesn't seem to help. So uh, it seems like the problem really has to do with the structure of the schools, the incentives of the teachers, the students, uh, the uh, people who live in the neighborhoods that fund schools through their property taxes, this whole structure of of, uh, of incentives in the school system seems to be creating barriers for some people. And that's the kind of thing we ought to address, not the fact that some hedge fund managers are doing extremely well uh, with their investments.
0: Will Wilkinson is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. If you aren't already a subscriber, please consider picking up Cato Audio, a 60-minute monthly CD that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights, from the lectures and events presented by Cato each month. Subscription information is available at our website, cato.org.